Welcome to the Desert Voices Podcast. We are about critical thinking to promote well-being. Are you looking for a podcast about human nature, communication skill building, and spirituality? Then this podcast is for you. We are boldly resourcing the spiritual quest toward integrative living to flourish personally, professionally, and collectively. You save time and energy with these educational podcasts designed to help us better understand human nature, build up our communication skills, and ground ourselves spiritually. Join our host, culture coach, mystic, scholar, and theologian. Shalene is drawn to all things wild, free, majestic, and mysterious, with a mission to help people thrive, bringing their whole selves to personal and professional spaces. Let's get curious. Let's get bold. Hello, friends. Welcome back. It's been it's been a hell of a year. And quickly, for those of you that have been following along, you might have noticed that we have not had a Desert Voices podcast or recording for almost a year now. And that's because of me. About a year ago, I have been starting to struggle with daily migraines. So all day, every day, I have a massive headache and I get to go up and down that pain scale. And learning to live with chronic pain has been, well, life-changing. Actually, I saw my friend Gina Polar today, and who knows a little something about both grief and chronic pain. And Gina said, yeah, living with chronic pain will absolutely change who you are. And that has been true for me. So I am back recording with a great friend, one of my best friends, Jill, and uh, we are going to record as we're able. We're going uh, hopefully at the pace of peace for our lives Um, and looking at the capacity that we have. But this is a topic that both of us feel very passionate about people and the well-being of all people. And so we wanted to come, me specifically, wanted to come out of the black hole of my life um, and just offer up whatever, whatever insights and curiosities that we have that might, God, just might push the moral arc of the world world forward, even even if in just some small way. So Jill and I have been best friends. You might remember Jill from, we did a series of podcasts. Gosh, Jill, how long ago was our Indigenous Peoples podcast? A year. I think it was last Thanksgiving. It was last Thanksgiving. Yes. So last Thanksgiving, Jill and I, we have what Jill has dubbed beautifully and brilliantly named an abolitionist friendship. And a liberatory friendship is also um, another way to say that. And we get together and we talk about the the ways that we can participate in abolitionist work and liberatory work together. And we did this beautiful series last year. We both read Indigenous People's History of the United States and then offered our thoughts, um, both myself coming from um, a cisgendered white woman and Jill coming to the microphone as a Black woman who has a long history of scholarship behind her. And so we wanted to come out of like I said, not necessarily retirement, but the black hole of chronic pain. And as our world is thrust into conflict, especially a conflict that has been going on for a very long time, um, but has become at the forefront of everyone's mind, we'd like to invite you and remind you um, to come into the conversation and to learn alongside of us as we hopefully participate in abolitionist dialogue around what is going on with both Israel and Hamas and our, not just our perspectives, but more importantly, what can we learn and how can we, how can we help from a half a world away? So the goal for this short series, um, for this series of abolitionist dialogue is rooted both in curiosity and knowledge, 
We desire to better understand both how we got here, asking questions about also what can we do as individuals and as a collective to promote peace and well-being and to most importantly advocate for the human rights in the face of a very deadly war that is happening in real time um, that will go down in history. And we all get to decide how we're going to participate in this history and what will be um, what our children and grandchildren, when they ask us, what did you do during the time that Israel and Hamas had the war of 2023? Um, we hope we have an answer. That we hope more than anything that the answer isn't nothing. So at Desert Voices, we've invited both, like I said, Jill Elizabeth. Jill has an extensive knowledge on the both Israel and Palestine conflict and historicity. Um, and she's here to lead us in a historical educational conversation, encouraging empathy and exploration, asking the question, what can we do? How can we help humans from a world away? This is a very complex and deadly conflict that demands historical context, awareness, empathy, and dialogue for both not only peace, but for human rights. So I want to be really honest. I'm coming to this conversation ignorant that more than anything, this conversation is coming from my own place, my own deep desire to participate um, in the liberation of the world and participate in the humanity and well-being of the world. And this is an area that I, to be honest, I haven't Despite being a Christian my whole life, I've grown up with a lot of stories about Israel and a lot of stories about Palestine. But I am, um, to be honest, I'm very well, uh, I'm very naive when it comes to this area. And what I'm so grateful, we all can't be great at everything. And this is an area that I am not great at. And luckily, I have brilliant friends like Jill who are willing to come alongside of me and to sit with me as I ask hard questions and to offer the years and years and years of knowledge that she has around this topic and this issue. So Jill, we're going to just start with that. Anything else? How, how else would you love to introduce yourself? And we can just hop right in and the mic is yours. Sure. We can just hop in. Um, just to say that the reason I know so much about this conflict is it just grabs my heart about 16 years ago when I had a newborn baby and YouTube was brand new and I was just sitting and watching news through my little screen, my little computer at my kitchen table. I came across a news site that was talking about the wall that had just been put up in Gaza, separating Gaza from Israel. And like you, as a Christian, I knew sort of about that part of the world. But watching these people um, being put behind a wall, being now it's being called an open air prison, but watching that in real time and watching all of these citizens lose their rights, lose their access to medical care, to food, to electricity, to water, just seeing it all happen in real time and not seeing a lot of the world respond was really difficult for me. And I've just sort of been engrossed in all things Israel-Palestine ever since. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for it because as we hit this part of history, I'm so grateful to have someone who has been following this and who feels deeply connected to it. Mm -hmm. So Jill, I'd love to just start with um, a couple of things, both you and I. Oh, here's another thing about Jill and I. We live about an hour away from each other. So we see each other about two to four times a year in person, which is hilarious, but we both have, you know, all the full things that middle-aged women have going on in their life right now. 
Um, but what has been beautiful is that we have Marco Polo has been the, the hilarious and beautiful part of our friendship. So we, we, we send each other videos almost every day and it has been life changing to slightly narcissistic, right? To talk into a video, but life changing to know that there is an empathetic listening ear on the other side who is responding when and as they're able. And so it's his out of this Jill and I Marco polling each other day in and day out for years now, literally years about all the topics from anti-racism to kids, to jobs, to school, to marriage and conflicts and neighbors and all the things. And so one of the things that this conversation was born out of is as this conflict sprung up, I just started poloing Jill and I'd say, okay, I just, I don't know what to believe. I keep hearing one thing and another thing and both sides are saying something different and there's so much propaganda out there. Even though I am a trained researcher, it's still hard for me to sift through all the propaganda, uh, much less my teenage kids, right? On TikTok or whatever. And so we go back and forth on video, just talking with each other. And that was something that we thought we, we really want to invite you into this abolitionist friendship, to this dialogue of back and forth. So okay. we're going to do about 15, 20-ish minutes. We're going to keep the short, simple, clear, and to the point, tackling just one concept at a time or one, one point at a time. And we hope that you are wanting to be curious and empathetic and learn alongside of us. And so Jill, one of our last polos, if you want to just jump right in and tell me um, one, oh, and by the way, we do want to say this. We say this at the end of every podcast, but it's smart to say it at the front end of this. Both Jill and I reserve the right to be wrong, that this is a very complicated topic, one of which we are not living. And so it's really important that we say that we have a deep love and compassion for all humankind. And we might say some things wrong or get some things wrong and we are accountable for those. And so I want to say that on the front end as we enter this. Jill, anything you would like to say on the front end as we jump right in? I think that's really important to say, you know, we're not speaking as experts. We're, I am speaking as someone who's just very interested and has put in a great deal of auto learning. Yes. Fact-checking. Um, how do you figure out what's true? What's propaganda? Yes. And while, of course, I reserve the right to be wrong, and we are coming at this, both as curious individuals, I come at this issue as a Black woman living in America. And I have just been really aware of systems of oppression here, and it makes me really able to see it everywhere because all oppressors are the same and all of the oppressed are the same, really, where all of our freedom is tied up in one another. And so when I look at what's happening in Israel right now. And people say that it's complicated or people use words like it's two-sided and we need to see both sides. I also come to it as someone who sees an oppressed community in desperate need of empathy and to be humanized in an environment that's trying to dehumanize them. Yeah. Absolutely. And Jill, you said something when we were on our um, Marco Polo, you said as a Black American who has studied system of oppression for so long, I don't come at this as an expert, but I do feel uniquely qualified to speak out of more than just curiosity. And so yeah. where I'm coming from a place of curiosity, Jill really is coming from a place of deep study and deep scholarship. And so Jill, do you want to just start with the what came across, what's been coming across both of our social media feeds yeah, and uh, where we'd like to go from there. 
for sure. We'll just take that one little polo, that one issue that I kept seeing. And it was it came across my social media two or three times in just a course of a couple of days. There's a meme that's floating around and it said, Israel is the only country that has to defend itself for defending itself. And I assume that people were posting this in response to so many content creators and politicians and everyday people just asking for a ceasefire and asking the world to see the oppression and the devastation that's happening in Gaza right now. And for folks that happen to be on the pro-Israeli side or the I stand with Israel side saying, well, this isn't fair. Israel shouldn't have to defend itself for defending itself. And my quick response to that, you know, to you was, of course, we have to defend ourselves for defending ourselves. Every country has to do that. Every time an act of war is announced, you have to defend it. Whenever the United States wants to go to war, we have to go to Congress. Congress has to approve. We have to lay out a defense of why we need to enact military action because war is devastating. On the other side of it is just horrific loss of life, loss of home, uprooting. It's you know, there's that phrase, no one ever comes home from war. Like there are no winners, even the winners aren't winners. And I think we all want to live in a society that if you're going to declare an act of war, you have to defend that. I think the idea that Israel should just be able to go in and drop bombs and defend the horrible act of terrorism that was enacted on them in any way that they see fit and the rest of us should just watch in silence. I think that idea is absurd. Yeah. Yes. And I, one of the things what you had said, Jill, that was so meaningful to me is that, of course, we have to make a defense for our defense. And then you said, we don't want to live in a world where countries can just rage war and defend themselves without de- like defending their military action. And it's why we have things like the UN. It's why we have war crimes. It's why we have a way somewhat it's loose, but as a global community, we've all said, hey, this is how we are going to try to be human together. And you ha- you're accountable for that. And right. so we don't, we don't want to live in a world where you don't have to defend yourself for going, for defending yourself. Absolutely. And the U.S. does it. We've had to do it when we went into Iraq. We had to do it when we went to Afghanistan. We don't just get to go drop bombs on people without saying why. And I think for a lot of people who are witnessing what's happening in Israel right now, it may be the first time that they've really been clued in to what a war looks like. And I don't even think war is the right word, but what a conflict of this level looks like and what the devastation is. And instead of sitting in their discomfort and maybe their shame and their empathy and their sadness, the response is, Israel shouldn't have to defend itself. We shouldn't have to see this. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all just awakening to the reality of the world that we're living in. We just have been asleep to it. Yes. Jill, this is going to be for one of the next episodes also, but I'd love for you, when you talk about um, systems of oppression, I think a lot of us don't fully understand the history that has been happening between Palestine and Israel. And I mean, a flyby, most of us are doing our best to catch up, right? But from your perspective and from your 
deep well of knowledge. What has been going on and what are, why are the power dynamics a bit wonky over there? In the last 70 years or like in the last five years? Maybe whichever you feel led to answer, however you want to answer that. Okay. I think super quick history breakdown is if you are just unaware of what that area looked like. In 1947, the UN, 47 or 48, the UN granted um, Israel a state and allowed, oh gosh, it's like such a long history. It's so hard to like, oh, just quickly, right? I know. Um, Allowed Israel to go in and claim the land of their ancestors. So this is based on the idea that this has always belonged to God's chosen people, that through their religion, they are entitled to this land. However, the land was inhibited and Palestinians were living there. There were Jews and Christians and Islam or Muslims living there somewhat peacefully for years and years and years when it was decided by the UN and Great Britain and England or America that Israel should now take up that space. And it was a very violent overtaking. And Mm -hmm. the short version is Palestinians have been losing their rights as citizens in that land ever since. And Israel gets stronger and their military might get stronger and they're backed by the U.S. and they're able to grant citizenship to any Jewish person anywhere in the world can come and move there and be a citizen of Israel as they continue to take citizenship rights away from the Palestinians who have inhabited that land for generations and generations. I think what's important, Jill, is I think most of us, myself included, have been under the misconception that Gaza is run by itself. And so when a lot of us hear that it's been occupied by Israel, even though Israel's not living, the uh, Jewish population is not living necessarily in the Gaza Strip, um, can you catch us up on the last five years? Like when we say it's occupied... They're what not, does that mean? Sure. So Israel's not living there because Israel has forced all of the Palestinians into these refugee camps. So Gaza is an area of refugee camps, but the West Bank is an even bigger area of refugee camps. So as Israel would go in and settle or occupy land where Palestinians were living, they were forcibly removed. They were forced into these areas like Gaza and West Bank. And then physically walled off so that they could not pass through into Israel. They have to be contained in Gaza. And Gaza, to be clear, is not its own sovereign. It's not its own state. No, it's part of Israel. So Israel controls Gaza. They control through the military what goes in and what goes out. There are checkpoints. There is no airport because uh, the Israeli military destroyed it. So if you are living in Gaza, you have no way to exit. That's not through an Israeli-controlled checkpoint. Right. So I think that was one thing that um, in in just the conversations I've been having, I think a lot of people have been like, well, Hamas is the elected government of Gaza, and they're not necessarily understanding that there is no government in Gaza. Right. The government is the Israeli government. Yes. Yes. But that's probably for another that's for another long conversation. Yes, absolutely. Or a short so, one, but just another one. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay, so as we just wrap up this one concept that, of course, Israel has to defend its actions to itself, but also to, to the, the world. world. What else would you like to say as we wrap this up? Like, 
you should have to. So again, the argument is that Israel shouldn't have to defend itself for defending itself. And we, and I hope the rest of the world are saying, of course you have to defend yourself for defending yourself. You actually have to come up with a legal defense for not only defending yourself, but also the measures by which you are using to defend yourself. That also matters. Absolutely. If you have the military might and power to continue to bomb an area for, what are we now, 16 days, and to take lives of thousands of people, you you really do need to answer to that. Yes. So anything else you'd like to say on that, Jill, or anything else that you think that we need to know? I don't think so for now. I think that's a good little snippet. And I hope as we continue this conversation, we'll just keep tackling specific questions as they come up. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so to end with that, I was reading the LA Times mm-hmm. tonight. Um, and I'm not saying that's the end all be all when it comes to news, but I wanted to just quote some of the article that I was reading um, that was written by Tracy Wilkinson today, actually, mm-hmm. in October, what is it, 24th, as we record this. Um, and one of the things, two very distinct points that um, the author made, and I think this was very helpful for me to hear. She said, King Abdullah II is one of Washington's closest allies, said that the siege bombardment and forced displacement does actually constitute a war crime and a red line for all of us. Absolutely. This was the haunting next words. He said, anywhere else, attacking civilian infrastructure and deliberately starving an entire population of food, water, electricity, and basic necessities would be condemned. Um, Speaking in English, he reiterated this, that accountability would be enforced immediately and unequivocally, but not in Gaza. And he continued saying, the message the Arab world is hearing is loud and clear. Palestinian lives matter less than Israeli ones. Our lives matter less than other lives. The application of international law is optional. And human rights have boundaries. They stop at borders. They stop at races. And they stop at religions. That's exactly what we're seeing. Right. And I think that's the the thing that has been so heart-wrenching is that absolutely what the the attack that Hamas perpetrated against Israel was horrific and the unexcusable and horrifying. And also the response of the IDF is actually breaking international war crimes because they are a government and they are accountable for their actions and they do have to provide a defense. And accountability would be enforced immediately and unequivocally, but not in Gaza. And I think that um, that really haunts me. And as a person who says, um, when my children and grandchildren say, well, what did you do? What did you do in October of 2023? My hope is that it wasn't nothing. And so a couple ways as we end this to support and to take action now um, is to contact your representatives. This is from my friend Mira. Contact your representatives to demand an immediate ceasefire. Share your views and coverage with local and national um, media outlets. Like talk about what's going on. Suss Mm -hmm. out and separate propaganda from fact. Organize and attend protests. Share posts on social media. And then this was one that I feel deeply connected to that speak with your friends and your family. And so for us, as silly as this 25-minute conversation seems, we do think that Israel is accountable for their actions because they are a nation state. And we do think that what's happening in Gaza right now is breaking international law. And we as American citizens and citizens of the world, we should, accountability should be enforced immediately and unequivocally. 
Absolutely. Because the lives in Gaza matter just as much as the lives in Israel and every other part of the world. And everywhere. And we have to continue to pay attention because this is not a new issue. This scale is relevant right now, but this has been happening in Israel for many, many years. Yeah. It's important to recognize the author said back to that, that this did not, the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. Um, sure. But that's probably that, not a conversation for today either, but. No, mm, we'll definitely go back to that. And also they're not justifiable. And mm. so both are true at the same time. This is a nuanced conversation. Um, so for today, we hope that you are um, getting more curious. We hope that you're listening to the the whole story the best you can. We hope that you're fact-checking and we're, we're hopefully doing that alongside of you. And I will say, if you're going to share a social media post, if your intent is to bring awareness to Palestine, probably share posts from Palestinians. I think that's most helpful to them. If your intention is to share posts from a Christian perspective, please find Christians who are deeply understanding of the nuance of the area. Right. Which there are plenty of us out there. Yes, there are. Yeah. So friends, we'll leave you with that for now. We hope to be back um, as we are able and just keep going with these 15 to 30 minute conversations. So until then, go be free and show up for the world. Thank you for joining the conversation today and choosing to spend your valuable time with us. We hope you walk away inspired to critically think and actively promote well-being. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get more of these conversations sent directly to your inbox, head over to DesertVoices.com and subscribe to our email list and always get updated when a new episode is released. If this episode was helpful to you, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on social media at DesertVoices underscore. We are most active on Instagram. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Would you consider a tax-deductible gift or supporting us on Patreon? Information is on our website at desertvoices.com. And lastly, in the spirit of transformation, our team at Desert Voices reserves the right to evolve, grow, change our minds, and make many, many, many mistakes along the way. We invite you to do the same. Enjoy the desert spaces. Go, be free, flourish.